Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we get started, wanted to introduce you all to the Union Sports Goalkeeping Community, a social media network that reimagines how communities engage, educate, and entertain one another. As an insider, we want to offer you all a sneak peek 30-day free trial before the public launch this winter. For more information, go to www.theunionsports.com or search for the Union Sports community in Apple or Google Play stores. Thanks to all of you for making the Union possible, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Hollywood, California. Happy New Year to all of you here. We're looking forward to this wonderful 2022 of goalkeeping education. Uh, with me, guys, no Omar Zini, Pro GK Academy, or 99 World Cup winner, Suskia Weber. Hopefully, we'll have uh, one of them uh, in the next couple minutes, but that's okay, guys, because we've got so much coming up to, to you guys that you guys are not even going to be missing out in any way whatsoever. We have a best-selling author on the show with us today, guys. How often can we say we have a best-selling author? Guys, we have Bristol Rovers Academy goalkeeper coach Andy Ellery. Andy, what's up, man? How you doing, mate? All right. No, thanks for the introduction. I've, I feel like a bit like J.K. Rowling or a bit like <laughs> Shakespeare or something like that. Not, not like nothing to do with football or anything. Well, you, you know, the way the way I just introduced it right there, people are like, oh, does he have like a children's novel going on right now? Like, does yeah, he have like another little, little wizard series or something or a little <laughs> fiction bit going on there. It's, uh, no, it's, it's one of them. It's always a talking point with with my friends and in, in the coaching like circles about um, about bo the, the books and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's always a talking point. So let, let, let's talk a little bit about that kind of before we kind of get into today's topic, guys. And guys, today's topic is going to be uh, games. Uh, specifically, we're going to talk about possession-based games. I know a lot of people have been sending out questions in regards to how how best to incorporate uh, those types of games into their session design. Uh, but yeah. Andy, like we were talking about, you are a best-selling author. It's not about Wizards, although I'm hoping there might be some Wizard <laughs> games in there. Uh, is, yeah. Why don't you tell a little bit, some people, about the, about your books? Yeah, so... Um... It's, it's it's one of them it's kind of it's, it originated from about 10 years ago a guy called rich richard lee who um is a professional goalkeeper in england asked me to do a few few little bits for his um his autobiography kind of like um biopic book and just kind of rolled from there really so i've always enjoyed english i've always enjoyed writing you know i'm kind of i'm quite uh, academic in, in in that respect so I wrote my first book in 2013 which was the scientific approaches to goalkeeping in football um which was kind of around like um kind of the physical side the psych side the biomechanics side and incorporate lots of games as well so it was kind of a big old book that took six seven months to, to write um and then that kind of like was based around my experiences around working different clubs so working at Liverpool within my master's degree at Cheltenham and then working at Chelsea for a couple of years too. So I was kind of quite young when this was on. So I was kind of 23, 24. So I didn't really have, didn't really have the platform to kind of maybe move some of my ideas forward as quickly as I'd liked. But over the years, I've been able to write eight books, um, currently on my ninth as well at the moment. So wait, I've hold had... on. You are JK Rowling. You're the JK Rowling of goalkeeping. Done, are you kidding? I've done, I've, I've done more than her. So it's, uh, it's, <laughs> I've, I've, I think I'm, I'm milking every last little bit out of the goalkeeping literature 
cycle really so I've kind of I've, I've just about nearly finished the ninth one at the moment so they, they involve everything like the two of them were uh, around practice practices practice design then there was a then there was a second edition of the first one then there was an age specific um, book and the last two there's been a, a basics one then the games based one so that's kind of made up the whole catalogue really it's all based around my experiences about coaching you know from grassroots all the way to international um different coaching courses meet, meeting different people um academic side as well obviously when i went through i went through my master's degree probably about 10 years ago that gave me a really good foundation of how to write and what to kind of critically analyze and it's I've, it's always been bought you know i think a lot of lot of people kind of had a dream of playing professional and this come up a little bit short and always wondering why wondering why i didn't make the grade could i've done a little bit more and i kind of put everything into my coaching really and thought well I might not be the best player but i want to try and be the best coach trying to help people and um that's kind of how it stemmed from there really and you know it's i've always combined the writing with the goalkeeping and the analysis and things like that so um it's kind of been yeah the last 10 years have been pretty crazy with what i've done and you know you sit back and you look back at what you've kind of achieved and you think, yeah, you've done well, but you, you want to do more. You want to keep helping people. And, you know, a lot of, a few of the books have, have been donated to charity as well. So the proceeds have gone to charity awesome. that, that I've Wait, kind so, of been so, involved in. So hold on a second. So with the charity thing, because that's actually really fascinating to that, is that for uh, specific like youth, youth organizations that may not necessarily have the resources to have a, a proper goalkeeper coach uh, in the program? No, so it's more in terms of like actual kind of traditional charity. So the first one was when I was uh, at Birmingham City, um, Birmingham City Ladies, we um, we had we had um, goalkeeper at Amberger. So she 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 at the time was going through through uh, treatment for cancer. So the third book I did, the proceeds went to to cancer research, um, and then the basics one, which is probably I think the sixth one. Um, the proceeds went to, to breast cancer. So we had a girl who I was coaching at Birmingham who, who now has gone to Aston Villa. She plays for England youth teams. She, her mum was going for breast cancer and I was quite, quite close to their family. You know, I've known them for four or five years. So the proceeds to there went to her just, give, just giving fund. So I, that was one of the main reasons why I wrote that one. Um, and then the last one has gone to bowel cancer. So basically one of our, um, one of our coaches who I work with called Dean, at Birmingham as well he he sadly lost uh, lost his long battle with um with bowel cancer so while I was writing this book I decided to to donate the money to his charity and to do the foreword based around him and get the kids to write a little bit about him as well like how he kind of touched their lives and things so it's kind of you know I don't do it for the money but what I do do is for the goalkeeping literature is there it's brilliant but then if I can do a little bit more for other people as well then that kind of helps out too so it's kind of a, a double-edged strand with with some of the books in terms of trying to sell it to raise money for charity as well not just kind of my own my own well choice of a better word ego I guess so um yeah it's 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 one of them it's you you use your own personal experiences in terms of these charities you know I don't give it to any you know, Tom, Dick or Harry, it's based around people that I'm involved with and I can see that it's going to help. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's funny, by the way, we just had a cameo from Suskia Weber. She yeah, might maybe so, she uh, might yeah. having some, some technical difficulties. I'm sure she'll be joining us in one second right there. But uh, I mean, Andy, I just, I just find that just really all just wonderful because one of the things that we always just talk about in regards to, 
you know, and it's cliche to talk the goalkeeping union and, 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 and the connection yeah. of the community and everything like that. But it, it is, it is really true. And, and, and a lot of yeah. people, I mean, I, I could give out shout, shout outs to specific people right now, but I think they all kind of know who I'm referring to try to do as much as they can for the community and they yeah. utilize goalkeeping to kind of give back like that. And I, I think, yeah. you know, that's, that's the way, sure. that's the way we need to be, you know, I mean, I think, one of the things in regards to just giving back and, and Andy, I think you do a wonderful job about this is that you're very open in regards to giving away this information mm. and, and, ha and having it out there. You know, a yeah, lot of sure. people out there, they're, they're, they're kind of secretive when it comes to their games or their drills mm. or, or yeah. whatever. And you're, you're an open book and you even talk mm. about, you know, working together. Hold on. I think we might have Suskia back here. We yeah. do. Sorry Hello. about that. <laughs> no worries we were just talking about how like um you know the, andy andy's very open about his games and his drills and everything like that and there's a lot of coaches out there susk who are kind of secretive about it and they don't want people to watch their sessions and watch their drills or and everything like that because they're very possessive about it as opposed to you know wanting to give back uh that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah it's it, it, it's and, and, and this is where it's like, I think when the, the, one of the reasons I am this way inclined is that when I was studying for my undergraduate degree, I, I wanted to do my dissertation research on goalkeeping. And I, um, and I writ to 30, 35 clubs saying, you know, could I come in and interview some of the coaches, watch some sessions? And I was probably like 20 at the time, you know, not really knew I was or anything like that. So, and I only got like two responses back. And the, some of the responses. Can I interject? Is that English yeah. thing? Yeah, <laughs> is I, I think it is. I, and I think, you know, me and me and Mike just mentioned before we started about using social media as a platform to kind of share ideas and stuff. And I think a lot of a lot of people f from overseas, from my point of view, are a lot far ahead in terms of this sharing content and having the platform to do it. I think if you look on the you look, you look on the Internet, you've got yourselves. You've got people from all over the world have done it for a while, and I think England are just kind of caught, kind of latching onto it now. Whereas you guys have been doing it for years to a brilliant level, and um, I think we're, we're, I think we're, I think we're just, we're still, we're still behind catching it up. I mean, it's like I just alluded to, it's having the opportunity to go to sessions is it used to be really frowned upon in this country. People were just like, no, you ain't coming in. Like this is what we do, and I'm not being funny, but people it's not going to look too different to what everyone else is doing there's there's it, it little idiosyncrasies of course people do things different ways but there's not like a secret source going on behind the scenes that you're going to nick and go and make million pounds off so it's it's always baffled me so yeah yeah i mean we're already underserved community let's look at it that way right so yeah why don't we share share our ideas and everything like that it doesn't make sense to me to to say, oh, this is my training strategy. This is what I'm doing. Nobody yeah. can know it. It's goalkeeping. It's not rocket yeah. science. You're no. not you're not getting the you know you're not getting no, an award. No, no. You're like you know it's it's goalkeeping. Yeah, and it's yeah. If, <laughs> I, I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to. I'm all. I've always been different. I've always done things differently. I've always question the status quo I guess and I think a, a lot of the stuff that I've I've researched and written about is kind of common practice now and I'm not blowing my own trumpet by any stretch of the imagination but a lot of the stuff I've kind of really championed though, since the last 10 years is kind of now common practice in terms of skill acquisition in terms of how practices are designed and things like that so 
I think it's a case of if if you've got something to share and you've got an opinion, you just share it. And it goes back to trying to help people. Ultimately, if you're a coach, you're trying to help people make people better. And I'm trying to help coaches as well. You know, I don't have all the answers. It's just my way of doing things and everyone's got their own way. But the more information you can help and give people, they can make their own choices of how, how they do things. Yeah. Indy, I got a question in, in regards to that because, you know, you were talking about the old guard and, you know, the way that mm. certain certain things used to be and everything like that. Like, did you ever have when you were you were coming up at Chelsea and and, and, and at other clubs uh, blowback from kind of the old guard saying, you know, hey, you know, we've been doing it this way for this many years. This is how it's supposed to be done. Like, what are you trying to do here? You know, reinvent the wheel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I won't <laughs> I won't I won't name names because it's, you know, it would be, it'd be unprofessional of me to do so and it's, it's not appropriate. And ultimately, people, people coach the way they do because of their experiences, but how they've been coached before, how they've been brought up. But I think where I got in maybe hot water when I was a little bit younger is that I kind of had all these ideas and these theories and things like that. And I had my own opinions and I wanted to kind of do things a bit differently. And then because you're only early 20s you've not had a playing career it's a case of well who are you to say that whereas I think now now I'm mid-30s I've been around a long time I've worked at you know the top level been at some brilliant clubs worked some great great keepers brought them through it's a case of maybe your your voice and your opinion carries a little bit a little bit more gravitas than probably it did when I was 22 23 and I think you only learn that as you get experience and yeah I think I had had knockbacks you know, I had loads of knockbacks when I was younger because of some of the stuff that maybe I was, maybe the theories I wanted to implement or maybe some of my ideas. But I think over time, it's, you, you kind of, you can't force your opinion on people because they do things for a reason. But like you keep saying, it's, the old guard is is a, is a way of saying it. I've The way I look at it is that, you know, things need to keep evolving. And without evolution, you just, you, you're behind. You're behind the eight ball. And you're never going to get better. So that's the way I look at it. You know, and, and, and kind of before we kind of move into that topic, you know, Suskia, you know, you've kind of seen the evolution because, Andy, I don't know if you know this, but Suskia actually took a little bit of a sabbatical uh, from, from, the, uh, from the game. A long sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thanks for calling it that. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but you, 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 you saw it when you came back to the game and you started you know, working at UCLA and started working in youth programs and everything like that, you had seen that the game had changed and that the goalkeeping training had changed. And rather than being like some people and not adapting and saying, well, we did it this way, you actually have come about it the completely different way and say, I want to watch your sessions. I want to see what you're doing because you've been coaching the last few years. I have not been, you know, and I just... Kudos to somebody like yourself who's been willing to humble themselves, who's had such an illustrious playing career, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, you have to uh, – the game's ever adapting. And if I think I could come back after 15 years and say, oh, it's supposed to be done like we did it back in the 90s and stuff like that. Yes, kids, the 90s. Um, <laughs> um, I, I would be uh, remiss. That would be, that would be stupid of me. And um, – I love the way the game has changed. I love how it's integrated the goalkeepers more into the flow of the game, that they are the 11th player, that they are the first line of attack and defense. And, and it's something that I think I was taught with the national team, even back in the day, I think we were ahead of our time on that. 
which is why we were so, so, so successful. Um, but now everybody's caught up. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, look, look, you're, we were, you know, we were talking obviously about Tim, you know, Andy, as, as we're kind of getting to this topic here in regards to, you know, what, what's going on in the FA and how the FA used to be. And you've, you've seen the results. You've seen the results mm -hmm. in regards to, the level of goalkeepers that are coming out of the England system oh, at yeah. club level and international level. Yeah. I mean, I can speak from my own experiences in the female game and hopefully Saskia will have a, you know, a good view on this as well, for sure. Like I've worked in a female game for the last 10 years and um, the, the, the kind of building blocks that were put in place by the FA probably, you know, seven, eight years ago and now bearing fruit with the goalies that are coming through with the England team. So you've got, You've got your, your Hannah Hampton, you've got your, your Ellie Robocks, your Sandys who you've had on, um, your Emily Ramseys, um, Franz Denson, um, Sophie Bagley, people of that ilk are now benefiting from the things that the FA have put in place. So now they're kind of, they're 20, 21, 22, and they're kind of really hitting it now. Um, and it's the same with the lads as well. What they, the investment, you know, Tim's vision and the, the coaches that have worked there and what they've been able to do there, you're kind of seeing it now with, with your Ramsdales, um, Pickford probably before that and then you've got a really good group of young goalies coming through now um, so I think it takes time and it's I think with you know I can speak from the female game firsthand is that it's taken a lot of hard work from people involved in it yeah. but you're seeing the fruit now yeah and you know what's funny is that like even in um, the men's side of things when we look back our, our players that thrived in the EPL and everything were men's goalkeepers Oh, was yeah. Brad yeah, yeah. was everybody yeah, because yeah. because I felt that the on the men's side of things in America we took care of our goalkeepers mm. we we trained the yeah. Tony Mills yeah. we trained the Brad Friedels we trained mm. Casey Keller we trained Timmy yeah. Howard we trained these players and and I think that even in the in the England game in in the European game it was still pushed aside you're a goalkeeper coach yeah. go catch some yeah. balls. Yeah. And I think that it's kind of weird because although on the on the player side of things, on the field player side of things, we have to catch up. But I don't believe that in the goalkeeper side of things. Yeah, I, I think, think yeah. that. No, do you right, understand yeah. my point? I think yeah, we've no, always yeah. been yeah. on point with the goalkeeper side of things, mm. but now. <laughs> We have to get on point with the women's goalkeeper side of things. Yeah, I am. Um, I think I've. I've Mike, was, you want to you want to say? Go, something. Mike. Go on. Yeah. No, no. I I, I was I was just going to say. Look, I mean, and you know, and I and I, I do want to start showing some of Andy's wonderful games. And you've got this awesome presentation. I can't wait to see this presentation, Andy. But I I do want to say that, you know, um, I feel that the reason that the the game in regards to white goalkeepers have caught up around the world and let's just say you're I don't first think up, American goalkeepers caught up I think everybody caught up to American goalkeepers That's what I'm saying they caught up to American and goalkeepers bring it France take, bring it <laughs> No but they've taken it to the but they take it to the nth degree and I think one of the yeah. reasons is because they have in, in this country Suskia and I know and correct me if you think I'm wrong here but I think in this country there's still an emphasis on drills and training in isolation and Overseas, they've taken the goalkeeper and they've really brought them into the fold. So they've combined the best of isolation training with team training to kind of create this environment where they're growing up. 
being being the ultimate footballer, if you'd like to call it. Now, you know, not to use a, a Dutch term, but I think that's a Dutch term, right? Ultimate footballer. Yeah, so, football, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I would. No, I would agree. I think, but it took some time. I think that the reason our boys were able able to get themselves in there was because we were already doing that on the goalkeeping side. I'm not saying on the field player side, I'm on the goalkeeping side. We already had identified position specific training. Right. By the way, I, I love this right now because I feel like I'm on one of those like debate shows, like those first, like first <laughs> things first or like <laughs> hot take. Um, oh, you, you, I, lo- I, you, you love them. You love um, debate shows, don't you? Oh my God. Over in America, there, like, that's like, it's like, it's like, our news oh, is just debate shows. There, there's is, yeah. no actual news being given. Oh, it is. I was also watching the other day. It was it. Um, Don't look up with. Um, oh yeah, I love that. It's so good. And that is just so like good. it. Just that's just what I think is American TV. Like that's probably really no. Hard. But my point being, <laughs> and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to hammer in American style or anything like that. I'm just trying to say that I think that what we did do right was identified on the men's side, I'm not going to say the women's side, on the men's side, identify position-specific training back in the day. So, and I I, I will throw it back to New Jersey because that's where I'm from. But Tim Howard, uh, you know, everybody else was from New Jersey, but we had that ingrained that we had to have goalkeeper coaches. We had to have somebody dealing with something specific. Yeah. Now, do I think that that has trickled down? Do I think that that, you know, no, I don't. (laughs) But that's why we've done well in the goal. Yeah, I think American sports lend itself to specialization. So if you look at, you know, American football, yeah, um, American football, um, uh, NBA, you've got, you know, you've got specialist coaches for different roles. I think. In, in, in our English sports, it's it's coming into it now. We've got cricket, obviously, which you don't, you don't, you know. You, you, I know cricket. cricket over there. <laughs> but we have it, 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 cricket's probably one of you know we do have we do have like rugby where you have backs and forwards coach, but it's always been a little bit diluted. You might have batting and bowling coaches in cricket, whereas in America, it's you've got you know your S and C. There were so many members of staff to do loads of things. Whereas in England, it's kind of like it's almost like you kind of get one person to do three jobs. Whereas now you get in the specialization, not just with the goalkeepers, but you get in attacking coaches, you get in set play coaches, throwing coaches. I think that's the way the game's going. And I think because America was ahead of the game in terms of the specialization element, that's now transferring it elsewhere. Big clap. But that's what I'm saying. And yeah, yeah, all the yeah. English people out there can be mad at me. I'm not saying you're still a better, better league. You've got an echo coming from you. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's that's the yeah. reality. We did specialization mm-hmm. coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know where that echo, where, where that echo was coming from. Uh, yeah, that's better. That's better. I don't know where that echo was coming from. Maybe it was coming from your headphones. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, let's let's get kind of into this topic right now. Uh, so obviously, today, guys, we're going to be talking about games. We're going to talk about possession-based games because I know people have been asking a lot about that. Uh, Andy, for some people out there, maybe some parents that are listening. Yeah, don't know. They're like, well, my my kid plays games all the time. Like, are you talking about like scrimmages? Like, what do you mean by games? So basically, it's specially designed in like environments and games that kind of work on areas of goalkeeping that you want to pinpoint. So, for example, 
designing a game based around 1v1s and having constraints around 1v1s. So changing the pitch size, changing the rules of the game, making it competitive, having emphasis on the process rather than the outcome. So looking at how you're making saves, allowing allowing the kids to really experiment with different types of techniques. So it's kind of, it is the game, but it's different variants of the game. So basically in a nutshell, I don't do any, with the younger goalkeepers or whatever, I don't do any isolated training really. It's all game stuff because it picks up loads of different areas in one. So you might be working on one-on-ones, but you're working on playing, passing out. You might be working on crossing, but you're, you're adding, incorporating so many different elements to it. So it's almost it's almost like snapshots of the game, but in a specially tailored environment to then pinpoint what you want to work on. So I think if, 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 if listeners or people that subscribe to the podcast are familiar with TGFU, which is Teaching Games for Understanding, it's, it's, it's a theory that's been you know, relatively new kind of in the last 25, 30 years where it uses game craft and game sense and play practice and in games to enhance learning. So it's about setting scenarios. It's about changing pit sizes, changing the constraints, the rules of games, having, having extra emphasis on desired outcomes. So for example, you're designing a game where you want to see an intended action. You, you place more value on that by having more points. And, and ultimately, you make it competitive because if you look at where people learn, it's learned in the game. And I remember in the playground playing, all we did was play games. Whatever sport you were doing, you play games. And that's where you learn most of your, your skills and you adapt your skills to the game. So it's, it's one of them. From the outside, it looks chaotic. It looks, it looks messy, but that is the game. I think too many times, you know, especially if you, you know, you highlighted parents, parents want to, from my experience, want to see kind of like instruction and want to see drill. They want to see information being passed on to their kid. Whereas the games and my environments, the kids are learning for themselves. And it's, it used to be kind of use the game as the teacher, but the way it's going now is a little bit more in depth to that. It's about how you question them in the game, like getting their thoughts, getting their feelings, getting their opinions, asking, use this technique in a certain situation what do you think could you have done this and it's really getting them to think from there for their for themselves as well i I, lo- I love one of the things you're saying i mean and then suski i mean i know we've had this conversation in regards to a lot of young coaches out there and i made this mistake when i was working with the younger foundational ages it's just too much coaching it was too much coaching and rather yeah. than understanding that i can layer the coaching into my session design. And if I do it in a way, because Andy, you bring up the whole fact of like, you know, wanting to make sure that they have joy and Mm. Suski, I know, I know that's one thing, you know, the people have, have talked about with you is, you know, the saying is like, you know, you have joy, you have joy for this position. And when you're working with the little ones, Mm. you're sharing that joy and you're making Mm. sure that they're having fun and you've got to keep it light. You got to keep it in a way that they're going to want to keep coming back. Yeah. But I think that, you know, you have to maintain educational. Like, you know, I think it's very easy for a young coach to lose themselves in the entertainment aspect of it. Like, what do I do? Let me set up some goals and let's do keeper wars. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, if your kids don't know how to throw or how to kick or how to catch, then why are you doing keeper wars? So you have to you have to maintain a certain sense of balance in the in education. Um and, and if you lose that and you're just there to entertain and you're not educating, then, then you're just taking money from parents for, mm. uh, it's, it's redundant. It's, it's dumb. Yeah. You know, um, what are you about? 
in this. Like any any of us can set up some drills and, and make the kids happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's that I, you, I, I'm always torn between the word fun, using it in coaching and enjoyment. Because I think fun has kind of a playful connotation, whereas I think the word enjoyment, yeah, you got if you enjoy what you're doing, you're gonna get better at it. But I think like you just alluded to, you can set up a game and just let it flow. But the skill in improving the players is the coaching. It's the questioning. It's why have you designed a game like this? Why have you designed the practice like this? What are the kids? What are the goalkeepers you're working with looking to get out of it? What are their own individual objectives within it as well? So there's the, the thought process behind it takes quite a while to like groove so for novice coaches it's it, it does take a while to kind of find that balance between like you said entertainment and the coaching behind it because the the the, the old game is is keeper wars and everyone everyone loves keeper wars because it's lashing balls it's throwing it and stuff like that whereas in order to kind of get the coaching and get the structure behind it you need to look at you need to look away from the entertainment factor, which is right, because, you know, if, if you do keeper wars every session, every game, you know, you, you're going to get better at keeper wars. You're not necessarily going to get better at the whole goalkeeping position. Yeah, you know, and, and I think, you know, I love the fact that you just brought that up right there because the games, Andy, they have to be related. So I'm, what I want to do right yeah. now is I want to bring up this uh, little presentation that you kind of yeah, put together because yeah. um, I think this is going to be pretty darn solid. So uh, let's see if this... Uh, if the gas guy comes up uh, right here. So why don't you kind yeah. of start with us with what, what, with what we're going with right here. So should I just play it through as you're talking? Yeah, if you play it through and if I'll, I'll stop it when I just want to elaborate on something. So, okay. Um, yeah. So just, if you, if you, if you pause it straight away now, so this is a kind of strap line I've gone with, with, with it. So it's, it's an alternative to the traditional goalkeeper coaching model. So look, you know, when I was learning younger, when, when I was doing my level ones and level twos, the, the traditional is your footwork, your handling, your techniques. This is your set position. This is how you do it. Whereas actually, you know, the game's different. People are different. People have different techniques. People have different set positions. People have different footwork based around many aspects, their genetics, their height, their, their proprioception, maturation, etc. So the, the whole point of it is that it encompasses holistic development and game craft because ultimately goalkeeping in, is 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 fundamental movements. It's jumping, it's catching, it's throwing, it's diving, it's changing direction, it's landing, accelerations, decelerations, and and this kind of like within the book which I've put on the side, it's it's what I do in it is I have probably 15, 20 pages of theory about why why I do it and why it's done this way. So it's kind of gives you a like a like a real kind of backstory to it to then know about what's going on. So again, traditionally a technical focus within goalkeeping. So if for me, there's been a, there was a real need and requirement for the modern game, the position so for them to be involved, involved in all aspects, um, if involved in all aspects of the game. So what, what, what you do within these, it's right. You might have a session topic, but actually you're working on so many different things with it. You're working on, your communication, you're working on your teamwork, you're working on your positioning, you're working on your tactical stuff, game understanding. So I did we did we did one last night, a game where it was purely tactical outcomes. So it's understanding how to I designed this game. It's in the book actually, design one of the games where they have to figure out how to kind of get success within the game tactically. So again, it bridges the skills gap between isolated and specific training. So you've almost got right, this sits in between your, your full form game and then your your general technical practice which with with with, with older players and the ydp and the pdp i i i, I do traditional practice i do your 
you know, I do you moving around the goal. I do, you know, what you see on YouTube, what you see on everyone else doing. I do that with, you know, with, 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 with players as well. But this, it bridges the skills gap between that and the game. So it's kind of like uh, something in the middle where you get a bit of everything, which, you know, as I said, I've been doing this for a long time, probably for the best part of 10 years. And the players I've worked with, you can see the fruit of it. So if you, yeah, if you just, if you play it on from here. So the Oranges, it, it comes from an academic background and it, you know, TGFU is, is an academic theory. And I was lucky enough to be taught by someone called Lynn Kidman. Uh, who's from New Zealand and she was the kind of one of the pioneers of the TGFU kind of revolution, I guess. And then I kind of grooved it at lower levels and then gradually as I moved up the coaching ladder, I grew, grooved it a little bit more, tried things, some things worked, some things didn't. I tried different games, I tried different approaches. Was able and, Andy, I have, a question, I have a question real quick, yeah. Andy, just sure. in regards to that. Is it easier to incorporate something like this at the lower levels or is it easier at like a club like a Chelsea for instance where the players um, are of higher 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 caliber in my in, in my experience if you do it at the lower level it it it, it has more benefit more quickly so whether it's whether it's grassroots or you have a goalkeeper center or you have you know your own private training or you have like the 9 to 12 foundation phase this is where I most of it's done and a lot of it, when you go in and work with older players and better players, it's all about the questioning behind it. So your practice design is really important, but it's then that it's more important how you coach it and how you question and how you how you develop them within the game and their understanding within it and being able to solve problems. So then when they go on the pitch, they kind of they're a lot more game savvy. And I use the word streetwise, like uh, you know, I love the word streetwise because you've got to be able to adapt on the pitch and you've got to be able to see what's going on and be savvy in there. So. Um, and I've used it at youth international level. I still do so with the Wales setup, and then at, at Bristol now and at Birmingham previously, mainly within the girls, within 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 the female game. I've used it for 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 the ten years I've been in it. I've used it all the time, and and the female players are really receptive to it because they love the why, they love the, there's thought behind it, they love the the actions behind it, they love the competitive nature and the 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 camaraderie and the collaboration that goes with it and the talks they can have on the pitch and, you know, that you break off the little team talks. And I think from what usually when I'm in a new environment, it takes a couple of sessions to, to get them into it and get them to understand. But, you know, they, after a few weeks, they love it. And I think now I'm, now I've done it for a long time. You know, I can kind of, I can roll off games. I can roll off what I want to work on. I can roll off the questions. Whereas, you know, you, you have to do it to learn it really. Um, so if you, yeah, if, if you want to carry on with the video, um, and again, I can share this as well. You've, you've got it. You can share it with your, with oh, your guys. Believe so, me, Susky is going to yeah. take a look at this. There's going to be a so, bunch um, of new game, new games at UCLA. <laughs> so this is, so this is one. So this is like, uh, this is just a, a warm up handball game. So, um, it's just with multi goals. The constraints are, you can't run with the ball. You've got two goals defending versus one big goal. I change the teams all the time. So the little ones are working with the older ones. These are the nines to 12s. So they kind of work all together. I, I coach in different ways. It gives them a chance to master the football and to be really comfortable on the ball. Again, this is a warm-up exercise as well. They get so many different saves in there, 1v1s. They get shots. They get blocks. Um, a big thing for me is learn to concede. So there'll be a lot of goals scored, but you need to learn to concede and keep your head and stay cool, emotional control. Again, you get to pass. You get so many opportunities to make saves and do stuff. It's brilliant. And this this is the one where it's moving on to feet. You get to do with transitions. You get to do with attack to defence, defence to attack, 
um, you get to make loads of saves. And especially for these lads, they love it. They love making so many different saves. And again, this was just probably half hour of a session. And this, this was just, that was just a small snapshot. And, you know, that's just one of the variety of games I use. And it, if, if, if you've got an hour session, if you do, if you do something like that for the first 10 minutes, you've got them. Like the energy's there, they're there and they're loving it. And then you can kind of do whatever you want with them. Um, and again, I've got loads of videos of me coaching. Loads of the the games are in the books and stuff like that. But I think for me, I'm at a point now where I want to keep promoting it through through me practicing, through me doing more things like this with you guys, um, doing a bit more research around it. You know, massive on skill acquisition. Um, I want to kind of champion it a lot more as kind of, an alternative it's not taking the place of what happens at the moment goalkeeping wise it's it's something you can add to your toolbox of sessions because there's nothing wrong with isolated practice because you're doing it for a reason and you're grooving certain skills and your certain situations so it's almost like if you can add this in within the within the session different points you know that's you know it's gold dust really and you know I've, I've asked to get to do things like this i've been asked by loads of coaches to come in and do master classes and stuff so that's something i'm I'm really keen on doing now as well is spreading the word and being open to it. And I think like we said, you know, earlier in, in, the, in the podcast is that I want to promote, I'm an open book. I, you know, I share everything. I, I'm always there to, to answer questions. People can email me to call and to come and watch their sessions and to give them little examples and stuff. So I think because this is, as far as I know, I'm the main protagonist of this and the main exploit exponent of it. It's almost if I'm kind of, you know, rolling out the red carpet and showing people it. And the more people that are seeing it, the more people are buying into it. And I see loads of videos now with games that people like work with and stuff. And absolutely. Andy, I just want to just uh, stop you right here because I think Suska, yeah, no kidding, yeah. she's got her, her technical issues uh, re- resolved right here. Um, I mean, Suska, this is first off, I mean, congrats to you, Andy. This is, uh, I mean, this is really, 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 so- really solid stuff. Um, so I just, just want to kind of get your thoughts here in regards to because the coaching education thing really fascinates me because I've, I don't really see things like this in, in coaching education. No. And I don't know if, if, if you have Susk. No, I think it's great. And I think that um, the drill itself, if we break that down, it's 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 some sort it's a, a play on um, goalkeeper wars in a sense, um, but which I think are very valuable. Um, and I love the throwing aspect and everything because for some reason, no goalkeeper knows how to throw when they get Yeah, to it's, you know what? It's the it's, strangest thing. I had this conversation with someone the other week and you know, everything <laughs> it's I the strangest do. strangest thing. No, it's true. And, and, and I get them to use both sides of their body, both feet, both hands, because it's throwing yeah. such a valuable asset. Yeah. No, it's true. No, no. And he said both hands. I'm going to tell you guys a story. We're going to lighten this up. I got to Japan to play pro. You know, I was already on the U.S. team, already after a world, uh, an Olympics and everything like that. And I got to Japan to play pro. And my coach, I was sitting there, and we had three-hour practice, four-hour practices. Don't even get me started. And um, he goes, okay, you could throw the ball half field with one arm, because I could. And he's like, now throw it with your left. And I was like, why? <laughs> but it's about body. It's yeah. about body and balance mm. and understanding yourself. And he, they taught me that in Japan. Yeah, like and I had to be. Valuable. Yeah, it's valuable. I had to be totally balanced in my body. Mm. I had to be able to throw with my left, kick with my left, 
Yeah. You know, at, but throw with my left was a new one. And now I can yeah. throw midfield with my left arm. Who thought? No, it, it, it makes you so much more versatile. <laughs> I, th yeah. I think it, it, it comes back to your language as well, because I always I always hear the term weaker foot and I hate it. I hate the term weaker foot because ultimate, it has a negative connotation straight away that you're weak at something. And for me, it's just a left and a right. It's just it, 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 you, you need to do both equally as well. And I do yeah. it as a coach. I've learned to serve. I was predominantly right footed. I learned to serve left footed. You know, still not the, the guys I work with probably say still not. And it's still not brilliant, but it's getting there. But I think it's, you, and especially with the, the, you saw in the video with the lads there, they're nines to twelves. If you can groove this at that age, they're going to be so much more effective in the game. And they're going to be so much, their balance, their proprioception is going to improve yeah, so much more. And exactly. Like and it wasn't about me, like, throwing my left arm. It wasn't about that. It was about my bo body being centered. It yeah, was about yeah, equal strength yeah. on both sides, understanding both sides yeah. of your entire body. And mm. I know that sounds weird to people, but it was true. And oh, um, yeah. I, it's one of the greatest experiences I took back from Japan. Yeah, um, I loved it. And I'm very proud of that. And I teach it to my kids as well. Yeah. I, I, I want to bring this up, Andy, because when you're kind of talking about these games and everything like that, I, I find that when you're doing these types of games and you're allowing players to explore on their own, they they feel more comfortable to to work on things such as their weak foot. Well, they you know? they feel more comfortable to make mistakes. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. And, so and, and, if yeah, yeah, if and, you're and allowing people to explore and they yeah. know that, then the mistakes aren't like weighing mm -hmm. down on them. And and that's when when you're doing the games, you, you're looking at a, you're looking at a few bullet point like topics, so a few objectives. So, for example, right, the game today. You know, I might do, I've, as I said, I've got so many different games. You might, we might be doing a 1v1 game and I'm not telling them how to make 1v1 saves. I'm saying, right, this is what we're doing. This is what we're looking at. How are you going to be effective? So, you know, the lads know all the same. You know, they know the different blocks. They know the different mm -hmm. spreads. They know the different goalies that do their ones. You know, the Kasper Schmeichel, the Edison one, the Allison one and, and whatnot. So they know what they want to do, but it's just giving the opportunity to experiment and use different ones at different points. And then you can, during it, you can brush up and say, right, you know, think about having your leg a little bit close to the ground. Think about having your hand up if you thought about maybe smothering in this situation. So it gives them, you, you, you're giving them the problem and then coming up with the answers. And they might come up with saves that have never been invented before. So they might come up with making a save with their head or their bum or something like that, or, you know, doing something really crazy with, with a leg save. So ultimately, it's giving them, it's giving them the opportunity to explore to make mistakes. If goals go in, it doesn't matter. And that's the biggest thing I've learned over the, the time I've been coaching for, for quite a long time is that goalies need to need to be okay with conceding goals. Like when I was younger and playing, I used to I used to hate conceding goals, which in the game, you know, it's fine in, in the, the, the overall game, but you've got to learn how to concede. So here, we, you, you, you might concede one, then the next second there's another attack. So you've got to emotionally deal with it. Yeah, love, love, we've talked about... We've talked about that a lot. You know, we have to allow goalkeepers to fail, period. Yeah. And I think that sometimes you get into practice and you have a, co a head coach that is like, goalkeepers, ah, you know, but the bottom mm. line is the only way for them to learn is to fail, is for them yeah. to extend their range, is, yeah. is to try things that they haven't tried and find a mean mm. in between that to say, okay, this is when I can come out. This is yeah. when I can't. This is when I can mm. come, come for, for crosses. This is when I can't. Yeah. But yeah. if we don't allow them to do that in practice, 
it's going to trans transition over the games. And so yeah. we have to, and, and head coaches that don't know anything about goalkeeping have to realize this is their learning curve. Yeah. And this is 100%. where they get taught and we have to allow them to try and fail period. Yeah. And, 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 you know, in, 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 in regards to that, I, I just want to kind of bring up this, the fact that like with a lot of these games and you're talking about the kind of the chaos with them and everything like that, and that, yeah parents might look at it and they go, well, what, what the heck is this? Like this, yeah. this doesn't look like any sort of instruction going yeah. on, but, but do you do, you find specific points to freeze the game or do you wait until after the activity and then bring it up with the players? Yeah. it's a really good question. So it depends on the group you're working with and what you're doing really. So there might be, there might, there might be times where you stop it because there are things that there are common themes that are going on. So you maybe need to address, address the group. There might be times where, you you break off into little mini groups. So if we're doing a game and there's it's a timed game, so every five minutes is a natural break. You might do your coaching in then. Um, you might do it one on one when they're within the session. I've done it before where you pull one out and you just have a word of him and saying that this goal we just conceded. What are your thoughts? Um, uh, like ha, like maybe have a think about doing this next time. So it's really short, sharp, and you need to learn. You need to know who responds be- better to what as well. So. Some, you know, especially when when the kids are a lot older, they probably know how they like to be taught and know what they respond to best. So it's like you might you might need someone who might need a bit more direct approach. But I think what you do is before the session, you plan how you're going to intervene and you plan your intervention. So you say, right, I'm doing we're, we're doing reaction saves today in a game. We're doing a couple of different variants of a game with a few progressions. This is how I'm going to intervene. So I'm going to let it go for the first couple of goes first couple of games and then I'm going to address the group together on these points what we're working on and then after that it might be a bit more individual so it's there's so many different ways you can you can do it and it's just it's making sure that you're you give maximum impact in the, the in the least time so you don't yeah. stop it for ages you you make everything short short and concise exactly and you know I think Suski I think you know I don't I don't know if you're if you're the same as me but have you seen a lot of times Suski coaches that stop the session too early don't allow the players to make the adjustments on their own and then there's just no rhythm there's no flow whatsoever sorry yes because i think that those are coaches that are on an agenda they're on something where it says i have to do this that and the other this is my timeline this is my coaching thing this is where we have to move to next and that's not how coaching should be like you should set up what you want to do and what you want to achieve and practice. But sometimes you have to dial it back. And we talked about that so many times, especially in goalkeeping. You know, you have your plan and maybe the, the keepers aren't hitting your perspective. And so you have to say, OK, I want to go on to the next drill, but I can't right now because they're not doing it properly. And they're not, they're not, I'm not teaching them. And it goes the same for field player coaches. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Oh, it's this time. And I have to move on to this, but where are your kids? Where, where are your players? Have they learned? Yeah. Have they, have, have, are they, are they taking in what you taught or are they robots right now going from one drill to the other? So yeah, what's your, almost... what's your, yeah. What's your plan? I, I call it, call it, just co- I call it coaching in the moment. So coach what's going on at that moment in time. So you've got, you, you've got your basis of what you want to work on, but you, you, you need, you need to be observant as a coach. You know, you need to, 
you, you need to you, you got two eyes you need to you got two eyes and one mouth you've got to look twice as much as you talk or you know a little bit cliche but you you, you got to really observe what's going on and then you can kind of plan what you're going to coach and how you're going to coach it and yeah. what needs to be coached because some things might crop up you haven't thought about like there was you know there was, there was i did one a few weeks ago where or b- b- before christmas where there was i've I've, I, I altered the pitch midway for a game to change the constraints. So we were working on like defending the space in front of them. So I changed the space, but then I didn't really think about changing the width as well. So actually I thought I changed the space vertically. I didn't change the width. And actually I kind of missed out on some coaching points just because I didn't change the pitch maybe yeah. as, 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 as I'd wanted to. So it, it all comes back to, to why you're yeah. doing something really and how you're going to go. Yeah, about I mean, it. I have to do an ID camp this weekend and I know that, you know, the second half, what, what I have to train is crosses and stuff. I, I have to come in with a little trepidation in a sense, because I don't know if the kids that there can hit a cross. And I learned, yeah, yeah. I don't, I learned yeah. that last yeah, yeah. time yeah, I went yeah. to the same yeah. camp. They couldn't yeah. hit a cross. So in yeah. my mind, I know the drill I want to do. Yeah. I'm absolutely dead set on it. Mm. Is that going to happen? I have no idea. I think, like, I, I, think I, I don't. It's, it's, it's a great point. I think as goalie coaches, I think we we're we're more adaptable because we have to be adaptable because you know, sometimes we only get them for 10 minutes. The coach comes over goalies, you've got to adapt your session. You might have one goalie out, you need to adapt your session. You might yes. as you said just then, Saski, you 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 have a talent ID camp and you don't know the level of players. You might they you know you, you don't want to pitch it too high because then it might they might not get success. But you don't want to make it Billy Basic if they're going to be better. So it's you know this is the skill of the coach that you've got to you've got to see what's going on. And I think from from my point of view, from a games point of view, if you if if you're with a new group, if you lay out a couple of games, you can suss out where they're at go yeah. quite quickly. You can suss out right who's who's a leader, who's dominant, who's like a vocal, who takes charge, who's a bit timid. You've got right who's who's who can use their right foot well, their left foot well. Who's who's good at jumping? Who's good at diving? Who's quite brave? So you can kind of gauge where they're at, and then maybe you can kind of plan from that. So I usually when I do, if I have a trial event and I have a group, a bunch of goalies at a trial in, um, or like an open an open session, you lay on a couple of games and then you can work yeah. from there, and that's a really good basis. Yeah, and listen, with, with, with trial events and stuff like that, small-sided is the best way to see your goalkeepers, period. Yeah. If you yeah, put them in an 11-11, yeah. you're never going to know how, how no. good the goalkeeper is in, in, yeah. in an ID camp and anything. Anything small-sided where the goalkeeper has to make lots of decisions, um, yeah. be a part of the attack, be a part of the yeah. defense, verbalize everything, mm. that's the way to tell who your yeah. goalkeeper is. And yeah, that's what we're yeah. talking about right now. That's how to assess yeah. a goalkeeper. Yeah, that's, yeah. And that's that's a really good point. And there are some, there's, there's there's one game that I do, and I use it quite a lot. I literally have, so say if you've got eight goalies, you do a 4v4. You do a 4v4 in possession, you're just an outfield player. You're just, just, you're just a player, you're just using your feet. The four that are protecting a goal, you can use your hands anywhere, so you're goalies. So it's just it's just a small sided game, but you you you're tweaking what they do in and out of possession, and then you might add some rules around that. You might change the pit size, you might have kick ins, you might have only one or two goalies are allowed in a certain zone. So you you base it around the whole game, and you can see so much from that, like and you yeah. can gauge. You know, yeah, I, I want to I want to say something just real quick, Andy, on, on, in regards to that because it was just making me think of some mistakes I've made when when I was when I was a younger coach. And that is when I, whenever I did any sort of game, I was like, well, these are the rules of the game. 
if yeah. they can't if they can't handle the rules of the game, yeah. we scrap the game as opposed to trying to pivot and make adjustments in mm. the game. But but yeah. what you said about using them for identification, I'd never thought about that before. Yeah, I have a completely different attitude now towards I towards how to how to run a trial. Yeah. Uh, a lot more fun way. To. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's look and if it. it, it, it it breaks down the back. It's almost like an icebreaker. Yeah. Look, if you if, if 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 you've got a if you've got a business meeting or you're doing a business presentation to someone, you might do a little icebreaker. Or you're doing a training event. You do a little icebreaker, and then you get to know them. You get to see them a little bit in a different environment. And again, you get to see who steps up. You get to see who's vocal, who maybe understands the game a little bit more. Um, yeah. And then you can kind of see you can see you can see so much in like a ten minute four v four trial game. Right, you know, yeah. in if. if in possession, you use your feet. Out of possession, you know, there's no corners. You're working on loads. You know, you can change the pit size. It's, it's, it's sure. it, gives, it gives you such a good basis to work from. Yeah. You, you know, I, I want to say this, you know, Suskia, you know, obviously we're talking about, you know, working with youth players here in foundational ages and stuff. Do you think, you know, at the collegiate environment, the professional environment, that these, these games are still extremely beneficial? Oh, absolutely. And uh, one of the things we always hammered down, we always did small side at UCLA. Um, we have to engage the goalkeepers. If, if we did, at the, if we ended every practice with 11 v 11, the goalkeepers would just be like sucking their thumb and I'd be like out there taking shots on them. Um, mm. it's, it's, you have to engage the chaos. You have to accept that because where do most goals get scored from inside the 18, right? Um, We can work on the build. We can work on the formation. But at the end of the day, the breakdowns come from quick decisions in the attacking or defensive third. So we have to, we have to make that happen. And the best way to make that happen is small sided games, quick decision, quick movements, quick, quick acceleration, quick decisions off the line, um, on crosses on, on, and everything. And that, that's actually the reality of the game. The reality Mm -hmm. of the game, it's, it's one from inside that attacking third from inside that eighteen. Yeah. Stupid, stupid goals, random goals, decision making, yeah. bad yeah. decisions, everything. It's not it's not this grandiose 11 v 11 like, oh, you pass it here. You pass it here. We do this and you get across. That's not yeah. how the game's won. We we yeah, over, over here. We well, we, we, we call it best in both boxes. So we yeah. have we do so many games where you bring the goal up to your penalty area, maybe a little bit further back and you just do little mini games in that and. And 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 I, and I do that with the goalies for a crossing game. Is you bring the goal up, you have you have it on edge of penalty area. You have you might work one side depending on numbers, and you you goalie plays it out wide, and the ball comes yeah. in, and, and you're embracing that. You're getting you're getting lots of punches, catches, reactions. Yeah, plays. we do it here. It's called um, team trains. Cool. It's team called trains. team tra- yeah. team trains. Team keeper, which I'm supposed yeah. to be doing this weekend. But it's team trains, and it's chaos. Yeah. yeah it's and, chaos. And, and I've, I'm, 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 I, well, I, I, I'm, and I'm, I'm seeing it so many more within coach ed. It's happening a little bit, especially with the English stuff, and with what Tim's brought in and things like that. And you know, it's 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 good that goalkeeping is going that way because it needs to because it's been behind the times for a long time in terms yeah. of the traditional ways. And look, there's there, there's a time and a place for everything. You know, everyone knows that. But if you're going to maximise your goalkeeping development, you've got to you've got to think. A little bit, little bit smarter, and about look at the game. What works better? 
you've got to embrace these new kind of nuances from sports yeah. science from psych and things like that. And you've got to bring everything together, which is, which is kind of where I'm at at the minute with all of yeah. my backgrounds coming together in this, with the games and how I work. And it's, I think it's, it's good that a lot of people are starting to buy into it now as well. Yeah. And Mike, listen, there is an absolute place in, in goalkeeper training for the, for the technical and tactical. There is a place for how, how to properly kick, how to properly catch, how to properly do a collapse dive, how to properly go for corners, when to go for crosses, everything. There is a place for that. But at the same time, you have to, as a coach, be able to integrate that into the chaos of what's going on inside the 18 when all that happens because we can do that in our private sessions we can do that with dummies and everything like that mm. but when there's chaos yeah. when when the ball gets no ball gets served the same way every time when nah. the ball gets dropped yeah. in and you have to move across and and there are five people in front of you and you're diving it gets rebounded off of somebody that's when mm. goals are scored yeah 100 percent. and now you, you you've hit the nail on the head and every ball is different and we all you know over, i'm sure you've had guys on, and girls speaking about this before we in this country is always like like the volleying like volleyed service you know is should you do it should you not should you do this should you do that and it's always right. a topic of conversation here and there's another one's always about like cones in the goal mouth things in the goal mouth to jump over and stuff they're like the main two things that we talk about here and all of my training with the games based stuff takes that away from it because and again this is just how i work you know, everyone's different. This is yeah. just my opinion. I think what works best. The two rules I have is, I don't have it. I don't have any equipment in the goal mouth whatsoever. Like I keep it free. <laughs> so I, you know, and and I, and this is this is how I work. And 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 I think, you know, that 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 that's just me. And it's, I I just, I just can't see why you would do something else. Well, it's a lot easier on the storage. It's a lot easier on the storage shed that Andy, way. Andy, Andy, what you don't right, realize yeah. is that if I have five goalkeepers, I'm going to utilize them in the goal mouth because yeah. they're real oh, people yeah. and yeah, they'll yeah. do whatever yeah. they take and they'll do rebounds and stuff like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. If I don't 100%. and I'm setting up dummies, fine, but I'm not a big dummy person no, or anything I've, like that. At the end of the day, the much that you can as a goalkeeper coach, the much that you can recreate the chaos and everything yeah. that goes on in the goal mouth with live people, then do yeah. it. And, and I, that, yeah, you're right. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think if, if you look at all if you look at all the games in in the in, in my books and especially the latest one, I've you've got goals, you've got cones, and footballs and bibs. You don't sometimes you don't even use bibs. You don't even need loads of equipment. You just need. You, I use right. the pitch. I use the pitch markings. You know, call it pitch geography or land, whatever you want to call it. Like I use that, and I, as long as I've got different types of goals, I have small goals, big goals. I use different types of footballs at different points as well when when needed. You know, if you're doing a warm-up game for tennis ball, you might do a size three or something. You're not hey, Andy, that. I love what you said, and I, I want to put this, Mike, pitch geography. This is something I fight with head coaches with a lot, right? When they're like, oh, go train the goalkeepers over here, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I need the 18. Mm. Oh, don't but get it. The, the argument sucks. Hold on, hold on. The argument don't get it. You're going to eat up the 18. You're going to wreck yeah. the goal mouth, yeah. all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Goalkeepers yep. work, work with a peripheral vision. They yep. understand their angles based on the lines on the field, the, yep. the penalty spot, the six-yard yep. box, the 18-yard box, and where it goes. If you can understand your peripheral, your dynamics from that, then you'll understand your positioning without second thought. 
How do I train kids to understand that if you stick me in a corner with no lines, right? Yeah. So I have gone to the point that I've asked clubs and coaches, make me an 18 yard box somewhere. Go put me on another field and just make me an 18 yard box so yeah. they can understand their their positioning yeah. peripherally with that. Nobody field player coaches don't get that. They don't get no, it. No, they don't. No, and I think they they just think you're just defending a goal and it, you know, you kind of just can go over it used to be like cow corner, you know, go over <laughs> we call it compost corner, go in compost corner and go away. But <laughs> And yeah, I'm like, right. but do you understand yeah. that they know where they are? And this like, is, it, without... it's, and this is all about orientation. It's cues, triggers. It's, it's, it's familiarity. Because if if they're seeing situations that happen within their pitch dimensions and where they are, thank you. The transfers into the game straight away, and that's and and, and it's it's an easy win. Or if I've, you're I've, coming I've... out, if you're coming out and you're above your line and you're starting to back up and you peripherally can see where you are with the dimensions yeah. of the field and you can understand that in an instant trigger because we've trained it and know where you are on your angles, and this mm. might sound crazy to everybody, then you're going to be in the right position to deal with anything you have to deal with. We have, if I'm we're... training somebody in an open field with no lines yeah. or anything in a goal, like you're not going to get that. No, and it's. I think if yeah, in an ideal world, you'd have that. They like said you'd have your own goalkeeping air with the right pitch markings and some facilities, especially over here where you might be using a multi-use 3G. You might not necessarily have all of the markings, but you can use cones to do it, and you can try and create yeah. it in a way which is beneficial. I the one I always have is that you ask in a. It, it depends what you want your goalie to do from a like a head coach or an outfield point of view. If you want them to play a high high line and defend the space. They've got to practice it. So you need the space to do it. So you can't be chuffed into a corner. If you want them to be good at crossing, you need the width. So you need to be able to have the right space to use. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be able to the right space to use. And look, it's it's changing so much. Now. Like, so the, the coaches I work with on a daily basis are like a spot on. They'll always have the goalkeeper in mind what they're doing. So they'll a lot of the stuff they'll do, the goalie will have a specific role in it. And they'll always ask, what do the goalies need? They'll have a drill right. This is what I'm thinking possession-wise. This is where the goal is going to go. So we had we done, we done one early in the week where one of our goalies was in the middle of a, a 3v3, a 6v3 kind of possession. And they were, they were working in the middle, but they weren't working 360. So whatever yeah. side the ball was, they had to be 180 to the ball. So it helps them with their peripheral vision, as you've said. So a, a, a lot of, I guess, new school coaches, to, to coin, a, you, know, you know, probably the best time I can think of, they they do have the goalie in mind when they're designing practice and when they're doing the sessions and things like that, which is good. And it's not always been that way. So, the, the, but all I can, the, the the guys I've worked with and the guys I work with at international level are all a spot on. I mean, they're like, if you're at international level, you're with the best coaches in in that country. And with with, with the girls at Wales, like the coaches I work with are unbelievable. Like they're so good. Like they always thinking about the goalie, what the goalie needs. They always design it around and they make sure that I've got the right space to work on what I need yeah. to do it. You know they're spot on, and these these are young coaches around my age that have been brought up in this. So you 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 you're seeing you're seeing the sea change, like for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I want to I want to bring this up, you know, uh, with with you, Susk, right right here, and then then I want to hear what what Andy has to say about this. You know, one of the one of the arguments I get from people in regards to 
playing, you know, playing these types of games or whatever, is they say, oh, yeah, you're you're you say that, you know, that they're learning how to make decisions in these scenarios and stuff, but you're manufacturing the scenario. So they're really only learning how to play this game. They're not really learning how to play the actual match. Like, what, what's your argument against that, Susk? Well, there is no argument. I mean, basically what we do as goalkeeper coaches is uh, I'll look at some situations that let's say uh, my goalkeeper is doing consistently wrong. Okay. So, um, sorry, Lauren, but Lauren for, 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 for the first year when I was working with her was coming too far near post. All right. Wasn't understanding that she, where the ball was, um, distance from the 18 to the sideline, understanding that she, with her size and her um, explosiveness, could be deeper in the goal, which gave her more range, right? She had it in her head. She'd come too far near post, and she could get beat on a cross that she should have brought down far post because she, her positioning was wrong. Okay, so in practice, I had to simulate that. I had to redundantly do this, like start here, but I would do it in a game game mentality, like whether it's she's working from in a negative direction, coming, finding her, her positioning and everything, and then the cross coming in and understanding where she is and why she can do that. So we have to do that. <laughs> so we have to, we have to do that re repetitively. To, 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 to ingrain it. But then the best bet moving forward from there is to put it into a small sided situation. If we're doing um, functional training and we're doing pass, 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 so she can has to move around the front of the goal, maybe take a shot, maybe take a shot, then the ball get clipped out, then her having to drop back and now deal with it and with runners in. So as a goalkeeper coach, you have to you have to identify the situation, break it down into simplicity, say, hey, simple pass out wide, understand where you are, but then then build it into a game like situation. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Uh, no, I, I, I think so. Anything you want to elaborate on? No, that was pretty spot on. And I think I think if if a coach says that, I think it's a case of well, isn't that that, that's what outfield coaches do as well. They manufacture situations to then get their outcomes. So they might manufacture a practice, but are they getting better at the game or just better at that practice? Mm -hmm. And I see that, especially with possession practices, 20 by 20, you've got 12 players in there. It's, what's that doing? Like, <laughs> that, you know, or, you know, Rondo's definitely a time and a place, but you get 10, 12 players in a small area playing off one touch. Like it's, it's it, 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 it's it's the same. It's you know people can question what we do, but then I think as goalie coaches we need to be able to question what they do because I like rondos because yeah, no, so, so do I. Yeah, yeah. builds confidence. But and I, I agree. I agree with you. Don't do a rondo in the, in the defensive third. Yeah, and it's I think it's I think it's it's a good point. Like, are they getting better at that or at this game or the game? And ultimately, you have to create the scenarios for them to practice it. And there'll be that you know you might you might be working on your your example, Saskia, that near post, but then there'll be other things happening in there as well. So it might be right. how you reposition off your near post, or it might be how you affect uh, one on one at the near post. So actually, they're not just getting one picture; they're getting loads of different pictures, and it's all right. the ball served differently each time. So 
what 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 I really want to say to coaches is, how about you get the gloves, you go and go, and you see what it's like. And, and yeah, I, and, and and understanding the different things going at you and everything. Yeah, that it's understanding, chaos. But understanding the position, and it's I've had this with a couple of co- with a few coaches discussions about is that when you're doing shooting practices, it's the goal is getting hammered, and you you can't expect like, like when they're on a post from eight, six to eight yards and things like that. And you ask them to get up and down and there's a shot, then there's another one and they're not even up. It's like, well, think about your practice line based around the goalkeeper as well. So it's, it, it's being able to have these conversations and having the trust and knowing the coach to be able to do it. But more often than not, until it's pointed out to them, they don't know. So actually, is it their fault? Or is it just ignorance or is it, they don't actually under, they understand. It's funny because we would do like three tiered shooting or something like that. And I would look at my goalkeeper and say, I want you to focus on the first shot. Mm. Depending on where that first shot sends you, deal with the third shot. Yeah. 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 I don't even care about the second shot. Yeah. Like, like, and I would say that to them. But then there'd be a coach usually serving Mm. the third shot and it'd be like a hospital ball. And I'd be like, just go pick it up like teach yeah, them yeah, yeah. don't don't do that to me and like that, yeah, that no, was right. who i was as a player like you'd serve this little hospital ball trickling along top of the sits for somebody to blow me in the back of that you know what i'm just gonna like break away save your little hospital ball so there's nothing to deal with so now mm-hmm. i'm forcing you to serve a better ball like you, this is like this is yeah, ridiculous. Right. And you, like you, don't, you, don't blow me into the back of the net for like your forwards mentality. That doesn't build like prowess. That builds stupidity. Yeah, like, no, make them work for it. And if and it's that, Sorry, and that's that where, pisses me off. But that, <laughs> no, it's, it's it's a great point, and that's where my, the, the games I do come to come to life because with the, the the one the one that I see is where there's where there's a cross and there's there's no defenders. Right. So, and this is the one that gets me from a goalkeeper's point of view because what they'll do is if there's two attackers running and no defenders, the ball will get crossed. Right, they can't affect the ball, OK? You've got to drop and protect the goal. So they'll need to get in and around the first touch. If that first player don't touch it and it goes right. for that post, then they're, 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 they're never going to get off to save it. So, 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 so this is what I say to them. Like, right, you defend the first ball first. If it goes past, and we, we call it a sweaty in England, like, you, you, yeah, if, it, if it's cut across and it's tapped in the back post, it's, it's called a sweaty because it's like a sweaty goal. So you, you defend that. But if you have a defender in, then that helps with your decision making as yeah. well. So having those players helps the goalkeeper's decision making. And when you're doing small, small little games, especially design games, you have obstacles, which are players. Yeah. You might have, a, you, like you said, you might have a blow up dummy or a mannequin, which does part of the job for you, but it doesn't move. So if you have the movement there, a lot of what goalkeeping is based around is based around what's in front of you. So you take your position, you've got the goal, you've got the ball, of course, but you look at where the opposition players are. If there's one attacker, you know it's going to go there. If there's three attackers, you're thinking, well, what's, what's happening here? If there's no defenders, then it's like, well, I've got to do something that I might not normally do. So I might have yeah. to maybe come and make a block where I wouldn't normally do because there's no one around. So this is where these, these, these games that I do, it's all around picking up the cues, the triggers, uh, the triggers, sorry, the positional stuff, the tactical elements. And then when they get into the, the, the full-blown game, it becomes so much more easier. And I've yeah. seen it throughout the years. The transition now is, 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 is you know, is, 
it, it takes so little time to be able to do it. Oh, yeah. And I love on those shooting drills. My thing is I'll be right with my goalkeepers in the goal and, and like something will drop yeah. and somebody will take three touches inside yeah. the box and blow my keeper in the back of net. Oh, yeah. And I'll be yeah, like, yeah. I'll be like, oh, really? Oh, really, yeah. Sunshine? You get three touches in the box in a game in Pac-12? I don't think so. But you I just know, blew my right. goalkeeper in the back of the corner and you're like celebrating? That's ridiculous. And, you just and, took three touches in the box. And and <laughs> and when that and when that happens, the goalie don't go for it. And then No, the coach, I'm like, don't worry then, about it. And then and, and then the coach says, Why is he not going for it? Well come she on. Just, she just took three touches in the box yeah. off a cross and under I, pressure. I think I think you know, we we is it is it's funny because it's obvious. Do you know what I mean? I'm it's, protective. I'm sorry. Yeah, That's I know. And no, it's it's, it's 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 good. And you know, I can see you feel strongly about it. So it's I a do. case of, and and it is is because it's it's more frustrating because we we know that it's not working the goalkeeper on the things they need to work on, and it's not helping them. So I think this is where coaching has become so much more so much better now with the collaboration. So you know, with the, on on the coaching courses now. The, the the candidates are taught like how to work with the outfield coaches, how to work with the other pe- yeah. the other staff members to help design sessions and to help to design practice around everyone in everyone in the team. Which I think coaching has become a lot more collaborative now. Still got a bit to go, yeah. of course, but all I can speak for my, the the environments I are in at the minute are, are really good in terms of help be making the goalkeeper a part of it. And the goalies that are in yeah. making them a real big part of it because they see the value in them and they see the value. A good goalie now is, you know, look if you look at look at the sums of money goalkeepers are going for now. It's it's you know your Edisons, your Allisons, Kepa, Mendy. They're going for proper big money. Whereas in the past, it's probably didn't see that. You know, it's your strikers. Whereas now, you know, a top level goalkeeper is worth. Was tens of millions. I, of I constantly apologize to my parents that it wasn't my brother that was the goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, if it was yeah. Damon, we'd all be retired. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey, if he yeah. was number one in the world or number two in the world at the time, he would have played at Barcelona or something like that. We'd all be retired, but it was yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. It's. Can I borrow somebody? Hey, Suske, at least, at least, at least, at least, it's come. At least this next generation, it's coming. It's, 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 it's coming forward. It's coming forward for these these young yeah. women out there, right? It's a yeah, little bit, a little bit better than your conditions. So yeah, take care yeah. of your, take care of your forefathers when they're in the old home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's true. And the bottom line, I think about everything is that, like, with that. Um, being realistic in your training, you guys, um, it, it's okay to fundamentally train things, but with a purpose. And the purpose is to ingrain that into a game-like situation as much as you can. So we can go over crosses, we can go over range, we can go over um, um, positioning and everything like that. But unless your goalkeepers can integrate that into the flow of a game, a small side of the game or something like that, you have to put them in that situation to see if what you're teaching them transitions. Period. Andy, Andy, I got, I got one, one, one question kind of while we're wrapping up right here. And thanks, thanks for taking all this time. I know I, I didn't even realize the Chelsea match was going on at the exact same time. So I, I just looked around. I, I just looked around. I looked around, and there was an advert on. So I, I guess oh. it must have finished. Yeah. So, but. <laughs> 
Well, I, I'm, I, 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 uh, hopefully I'll be able to watch it on the, on the street, on the stream later on. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I, I just didn't, I didn't think, think about the Carabao cup. I completely forgot about that, but as Suski no, knows, we have a bad habit of setting up podcasts during major no, matches. Michael has yeah. a bad I, habit. I, I, have a bad <laughs> I was going to say, he's the, he's the <laughs> architect, not you. I have a bad habit. I have yeah. a bad habit of doing that. There was one podcast we did. Hey, literally. it's a World Cup final. Let's have yeah. a podcast. Don't matter. Yeah, let's do it right. Let's do it right. The United States it. men are in the World Cup final yeah. against Germany. Let's have a podcast. <laughs> that could be well. That could be a fun podcast, actually. Like yeah. commenting oh. about it, all that, all that sort of thing. <laughs> um, but but while we're wrapping here, Andy, a uh, quick question for you: um, What advice do you give to any coaches out there who are want to try this type of want to try this type of game based training? Uh, and oh, by the way, hold yeah. on, real quick, Craig Alston, I bought Andy's games based book before Christmas. Lots of great ideas. So thanks, Craig. Craig. Hey, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, and I think Craig's hit the nail on the head there. I think you get if you get the the games based book. And the, the key with it is it gives you the background to it and it gives you how to coach it. So it's not just a, a book of 50 games to go and coach with you, to go and use with your goalies and gives you the main objectives and your points. It, it gives you the, the background, the rationale behind it, how I developed it, how it's implemented. And then it gives you kind of the foundation to then go from. And ultimately, it's just going and trying it, going, going and inventing games to play and trying them with, 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 with the people that you're working with. So it's a case of, you just got to go and try it and the and whoever you're working with will love it because as soon as you're saying right we're going to do some games then you know that you get the buy-in straight away um and the, the way that i developed a lot of it is just by having an idea creating a game i'm you know i'm a re very creative person you know not just in in, in football but you know kind of in in in, in, in ev anything else i do as well so it's kind of comes a little bit it's more in my nature to do that so i might come out of a game I might say, you know, I'm going to try it, right? I want to work on crossing, right? I'm going to design this game. Go and try it. And if it doesn't work, it don't work. It doesn't matter. Like as long as you know, as long as it's safe for the kids, and you know, you're trying to, you explain why you're doing it. It's fine. It's just, it's just going and doing it, and it's not being afraid to do something different because anyone can go and get a coaching book and go and set up four cones, right? You're going to run around the cones. You're going to save a volley. You're going to run around the cones. You're going to do a dive, right? You know, that's that. It's easy to coach. It's easy. It's you know, you can do that. Anyone can do that. But as if you want to, if you want to be an all-round coach, you want to learn more about the game and how to develop yourselves as a coach and coach in different ways. Just go and try it. And look, it might not work with some people. It might work with some people, but what's the worst going to happen if you're trying it? And well, it's funny because I, I always say I always want to put my forwards in the goal. Yeah, yeah, and just experience. <laughs> and I'm like, like, no, me official, yeah. go in the goal. Understand that. Yeah. Understand what yeah. the goalkeepers see from their perspective. Exactly. As you, yeah. as one of the best goal forwards in the in the world. Yeah. Understand what they're thinking, what they see. Yeah. It's like yeah. When we had the course, interview yeah. with Michelle with Michelle Akers. No. You yeah. Know? See and it from the goalkeeper's perspective perspective 100%. just like we try to see it from the forwards perspective and i i've uh, you know in the in the recent years i've done a lot of striker coaching so i've been able to say right this is what the goalie is thinking in this point of view this is how you're going to score against them because notoriously strikers just get there and hit the ball where i think right you need to think about how you're going to score against the goalie so if you've got a goalkeeper that's five foot ten and they versus someone who's six foot seven you're going to have a different approach and yep. if you've got a goalie you think's playing high up if they're playing deep you need to see if you know if they're right-footed or left-footed predominantly because that, like you said earlier, Saskia, that has a 
a knock-on effect to their balance because if you're you're mm-hmm. predominantly right-footed, you probably be left-footed stronger because that takes all your weight through supporting legs. So things like that, that's the next level. How are you going to beat them with spin? How are you going to beat them with curve? Where's the space in the goal to score against them? So you can kind of, I've kind of flipped it the other way around now. So I've worked with, with strikers, worked with forwards, different types of finishing. And the things I say, it's kind of, I'm almost giving them, it's almost like a cheat code. So I'm, I'm giving them the cheat codes to beat the goalie. And they kind of, they see the value in it and they get a different voice as well. So they, you know, they don't get the outfield coaches all the time doing it. Oh, I might take them for 10 minutes. Right, let's do some shots. Let's do some finishing. I do situations. the same thing, Mike. I do I the same it. thing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it's, it. It's, it's, and this is where, like, you as a as a goalie coach, you've got to be a you just got to be a coach. You know, you got to be a coach. You you got to be able to coach outfields. You got to be able to do everything. And over here, yeah. we have the big we have the big debate in England around whether you need to do your your outfield coaching badges before your goalkeeper badges and things like that. And and I've always been of the persuasion you do your outfield coaching badges as well because you need to understand the game. You need to understand it yeah. holistically, and that's where it's going now. So, for example, with with my coaching group at the minute. If two have got COVID, I might be have to do some sessions. Or, you know, in the world we live in at the minute, you've got to be adaptable. So, or an outfield coach is away for the under 12s. I can do a session. You've got to be able to do it. You know, ultimately, yeah. you're, you're, you're a coach who specialises in goalkeeping, really. And, yeah. and that's kind of where it's going, I think. So, so kind of a, and first off, Andy, thank, thank, thanks for taking all, all this time right here. Uh, I, I, I need to be adaptable. I need to find a, a way to, to make something of a meal out of what I have in the fridge. So we'll see if I can make that adjustment <laughs> and see if I can make that, uh, that transition happen. But uh, uh, for anybody out there who wants to check out these books, because I think, you know, that's a yeah. great resource if you're, if you're an outfield coach and, yeah. and you want to you wanna, uh, learn some games that you can play with, with goalkeepers when you, if you don't have a goalkeeper coach around or whatever, where's, where's yeah. the best place for them to check that out? So I've got a website. So it's um, andyelleray.com. Um, I have all the links to the books on there, all the information around it. If you want to go and purchase it, it's on um, Amazon, Waterstones um, in America, is it Bar- Barnes and Noble, I think as well. Um, Amazon dot Just a couple, just a couple places. Just, just a yeah, few. It's all over. It's, it, it's, it's all. All you no. need to do is Google my name, and you'll find it. Um, and it will. And, and hope. hope and I, I, the thing is, I'm. If, if you know me, I'm the least big time person you'll ever meet. I'm, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty modest and down to earth, so you know I don't want to be tarnished with that brush. But um, I am um, no, you. I think it's it's one of them. You 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 look at my books and you think right. Might look at the games one, then you might see some of my other ones because I've got an age specific one. It shows you how to 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 work with different ages, so seven to elevens, twelve to sixteens, seventeens to twenty ones. It's all based around new football, and then there's one about the basics. So it's the basic techniques, and so it might. If, if, if you go and search for the books, then it, you might have an idea of what you want to look at. Then that will open up some other areas as well. So I like to think within my back catalogue, I've got a bit for everyone, all levels of coaches and parents as well, out for coaches. So, yeah, just and you, you can follow me on Twitter at Andy Ellery. And, you know, I do I don't do I do probably need to do more on Twitter. I do a bit on Instagram as well. And I'm always kind of putting little bits out there as well. So, you know, normal, normal, normal mediums, LinkedIn and things like that. And. You know, it's it's always nice to hear from people that have bought the book and or any of the books and have got questions about it or you know they say they really enjoyed it because that ultimately that's that's what we do it for and you you, you absolutely you, know, you, don't do it, you, you you don't do it for the money unless you're doing it for charity you do it to help people so the fact that you can help people within their coaching is is you know is so valuable so so yeah that's that's how you can find me um, contact details will be on there as well so at any point you know that people can get in touch with me and I'll be able to yeah to chat through a little bit more. 
Awesome, man. And obviously you can follow Saskia at Saskia underscore Weber for all her opinions on all social media platforms. Do you have a TikTok, Susk? Do you have a TikTok? I do. Are you TikToking? You do. You do? I do. Okay. I, need I to get do a have a TikTok. It is at Saskia underscore Weber. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So it's Saskia underscore Weber on literally every platform. Everything, yeah. I think everything. Nail that trademark. Nail that yeah, trademark. Yeah. It yeah. is. I, I need it. to trademark it. <laughs> Yeah, you should get you should get T-shirts to say Saskia underscore Weber. Saskia yeah, at yeah. Saskia underscore Weber. There you go. You get you get your name uh, changed got, by Depot, yeah. Exactly. Uh, guys, contact at insidethe18media.com if you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion or at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social media platforms. Um, if you have a topic suggestion, guys, like I said, guys, please reach out. Andy, Andy reached out right here. He said, "I got a topic suggestion. I'd love to come on the show." And then yeah. I oh, looked right. and he's like, yeah, <laughs> only got 90 books out there on the market. And they're all best selling. I'm like, yeah, yeah I think we can squeeze you in. I think Apparently at Barnes and Noble, which uh, it's like, it's like bougie. So yeah, I've, 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 I've never been to one before, so I don't know if it's any good. Yeah, bougie no. American no. if you're in Barnes yeah. and Noble. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Guys. And if you want to reach out to me directly at Michael Magid on all social medias or uh, michaelmagidcomedy.com for my tour schedule. Remember, guys, we will be in Kansas City at the United Ooh. Soccer Coaches Convention, January nineteenth to the twenty third. Come by Podcast Row to say hello to us. We will also be making the official launch of the Union goalkeeping community so uh be on the lookout for all that information guys if you're uh one of the lucky few out there uh start going on the forum and start engaging with us guys uh even andy set up a profile already so uh we got yeah, good, yeah. Good go ahead and go ahead and put some of your training put some of your training yeah, I'll put some on, let, yeah. let, let us comment and rip you apart <laughs> <laughs> i think i, I think i've got kidding. two followers already i think i've got two followers already on there so i followed you i'm looking all right did you? There I, you go, guys. I need to. I need to check. I need to update. Actually. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys! Well, guys, uh, that's all the time on Inside the 18, and we are out. Later, guys. Hey everyone, it's Michael. As you just heard in this latest podcast, we are excited to be part of Podcast Row at the 2022 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Kansas City this January. This convention is the ultimate event for soccer coaches and those who work in the game. So rekindle your passion through presentations, on-field demonstrations, exhibits, and events for coaches at every level. Now, whether you're attending alone or bringing the whole coaching staff, there is no better place to learn, network, and experience all aspects of the game. So register for the convention before the price increases to secure the best rate. And as a listener of this podcast, use the promo code POD22 at checkout and save an additional $40. Your registration also includes all of the recorded sessions so you won't miss a thing. Visit UnitedSoccerCoachesConvention.org today and we can't wait to see you in Kansas City.